This is the New South Podcast, and you're listening to Laurie Beard. And I have been percolating, 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 thinking about, shall we say, this topic for approximately five years. And recently I've been thinking about it a lot, 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 like on a daily basis and spinning around my head. And it's um, come up most recently in my life because there will be some changes coming as you will see and hear about in coming podcasts and months and things. If you want to, I should have said this in the beginning, but if you want to learn more about like who I am, what I do, um, go to lariebeard.com. And I'm a person and I do things <laughs> like classes and writings and happenings. Um, I don't have any announcements right now of things I'm doing, but going back to the concept. So today I want to talk about this thing that I've been percolating on for years. And basically it started about, what, in 2009, I found my first like real live human being that I actually knew teacher that was like a personal guide. I don't want to say spiritual guide because it wasn't that kind of relationship, but like it affected me on a very important kind of like bedrock level, this, this friendship or this relationship. And I met this woman and knew her in real life. Like it wasn't like a book you read that really changes you. It was like a human doing things and you can go to their events and they teach you yoga or they teach you concepts or they teach you other kind of interesting things to think about and do. And the concept that um, she worked on the weekend that I went to her in person for the first time was space and not the outer space, like the final frontier, but internal space. And the whole weekend was on internal space. And really all she had to say to me was, you have internal space. And I would have been like, mind blown, <laughs> fully head exploded. Like the rest of the weekend didn't matter. It was like, I'm sorry, I can't process anything beyond just the initial fact that I have internal space. That's pretty much, pretty much uh, beyond the like reach of what I even really conceded saw as possible. And ever since then, I have kept all those materials and occasionally revisit sort of like what she was talking about and all the different aspects of internal space and still have felt like, man, I get it, but that's a tricky one, you know, that I explore. Is my internal space like relevant to the space that's external in my life? Like, is my internal space something I have control over? Do I have influence? Can I put things in there? <laughs> how do I like, get stuff out of there? Like, how do I, like, what, what, do, am I in relationship with it? What, I can't see it. So like, is this even real? Like, there's just so much to unpack there. And like, the more I've been thinking about this and revisiting this idea, just like I'll be driving you know, like across town, maybe it takes a half hour or something and music's playing. And I'm like, what's in my internal space today? What does it look like? Or like, what, like what feelings are there? Is it different than yesterday? I mean, there's just like, it just, it's, it's a real deep one. And I decided that we should talk about it because I think it is really, really relevant to our lives and really, really crucial, critical, um, vital to us feeling good, looking good, getting the things we want, having the fulfillment we're looking for, 
learning about sustainability in our lives. I mean, I think there's all kinds of concepts and things that are um, fundamental for our like humanness and growth and feelings of safety that are just like internal space conversation things. And I think having language around it and having this conversation about it is how we really go to this next level, like have this mind blowing experience. And Hey, listen, maybe you're like me or like you need to basically just hear that you have internal space and like, that's all you can deal with. (laughs) That's totally cool. And we're not going to go much farther than that today because it is kind of like a like a giant concept that can feel daunting, but it's not a giant concept. I mean, one of the really cool things that I've learned about this this idea is that it's actually really, really simple. So I think today I just want to talk about what internal space is in the simplest way, also the most truthful way. I mean, usually the simplest answer is the, I don't want to say most perfect, but um, most essential, most the of the essence of the thing can be the simplest answer like so like what is this thing internal space and like why do we care what is it why do I care why is it relevant um so internal space first of all it's a thing and I think you don't even have to agree or accept that as a premise I just think you have to be willing to entertain that it might be a thing I at this point having pondered this for eight years (laughs) with my giant brain that finally decided it's a thing. So think that, don't think that, totally up to you. But it's at least a thing we're going to talk about, right? Whether or not you want to like embrace this as a aspect of yourself or other people or not is completely to be determined by you at a later date. So internal space, what is it and how is it relevant? So when I have thought about internal space, I think you can make it as complicated and nuanced as you want it to be. But instead, I think the simplest way of thinking about your internal space as just the things that happen in your life, the things that happen in your life that you cannot see, that is your internal space. The things that happen in your life that you cannot see. So what does that mean? The things that happen in your life that you cannot see. So those are words that create a sentence, but what does that mean? I think we could come up with a lot of examples, but here's just one that I think can help you begin to see what internal space might mean. I was at the passport agency. My my name has changed since I've gotten married and I've lost my passport. So I needed to file like a lost passport thing and you know, get, um, a replacement passport and also file like a name change thing. Like it was this kind of those, one of those like trips to a government agency that you just put off and put off and put off until you realize like this actually might be a good fodder for a story. Currently with my, the boring things in life, like going to the mailbox, I've been trying to reframe them as like fodder for an interesting example of something just like this instance right here. So Went to the, the this thing that I had been putting up forever. Finally, got myself to do by saying, "Hey, I might something interesting might happen." Lo and behold, I have all my paperwork. I'm filling it out. I'm at this table in the back, and the agency that I went to was actually um, in the back of a post office. Uh, so it wasn't actually like the downtown main passport agency. It was sort of like a fringe one. So it was a little less. 
I've been to both, but this one that I was in was like more like a post office. And the one downtown you go to, it's more like going to the courthouse. Like it feels a little bit more official. There are more glass windows where you're on one side and they're on the other side and you walk through a metal detector and there's a guard and it's just more like, this is important. This is, uh, sacred or at least, um, can be, you know, threatened by outside forces and we must protect within. But the place I was at was like way more, you know, use hand sanitizer before you do anything else once you're done being here. Cause it's just never been cleaned in the history of time and the the tables weren't even really wooden they're like folding tables and the chair I was on was a folding chair so it just kind of had that like you know temporary feel let's say so I'm filling up my paperwork sitting on uh, this rickety chair on this rickety table and there's another table kind of in front of me the guy is on the far side of his table but is facing me and he, I can tell he's really thinking like he's got his paper he's got his pen he's like holding his hand, head in his hand puts his hand back on his face, looks away, puts his hand on his mouth, like like he's considering something, right? And the two forms I'm filling out are the only two forms there are. So I know he's one of his questions are one of is one of my questions, right? I'm like, I wonder which one's got him stumped here. Just I'm just curious, like, hmm, is he like an immigrant? Is he like, you know, I don't know. Like what like is is it is there some kind of loophole in this paperwork that I'm not seeing because I'm like a native America uh, native to America an American citizen with nothing to hide right so I was just wondering like what's what's snagging this fellow you know I don't wonder too long because I'm prone to like error if my mind wanders and I did not want to do these handwritten forms twice so I was like all right whatever not my not my not my circus not my monkeys not my problem not my business really is what I was thinking continue with my forms and I finish I go sit down dude's still working at the table next to mine go sit down in like the waiting area and his number is called before mine he has not finished he goes up to the um there's like you know maybe six desks and they call your number and he goes up to one kind of like to up to the left of me of course I'm like eavesdropping because I'm like what's like what's this what's this situation we've got here and he hands over the paper to the lady who's actually seems warm and friendly, which is kind of uh, unexpected for the environment in which I've described. And she says, sir, you're going to have to fill out your father's name and where he was born to get your passport. He said, I, I don't know my father. And that made me think about what it must be like for a person who's never known their father, who knows how they feel about it, but are, are about to have to have a conversation that maybe they've never even had before with some total stranger about the fact they don't know their father and maybe that prevents him from getting something that's really important for his travel, for his future, for a trip with his family, for... A trip to see his mom. I mean, who knows, like, what this passport is, like, an entree into for him. Maybe it's just, like, feeling official in some way, in some capacity in his life, right? And it just made me think, like, that is internal space. You know, externally, this guy and I were just filling out our paperwork. 
But internally, he got to that question and it stopped him cold. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know if he was feeling angry or stressed, angry at his father, angry at the passport agency, uh, afraid or insecure or not enough. I mean, who knows? But it brought up something in his internal space because he paused and he and he, he was literally sweating and had visible uh like tension in his chest like when he was talking to this woman and that is internal space so so nothing happened like while he's filling out that form right nothing happened that I could see there wasn't anything that happened that um like you know it's not like he got out of that question and a firework went off and we were all like whoa what the hell was that it was like it was all happening inside of this dude right and like it's all real. I mean, I'm telling you this story and you're like, oh, at different points of it, right? You can relate or just put yourself in his position or you can think about the question that you wouldn't want anybody to ask you because it just, it brings you to a place emotionally, a place in your internal space where you don't really want to go and legitimately so. So things, internal space are the things that happen in your life that you cannot see. So there's something in his internal space about between him and his dad, right? Like if he were all swell with never having known who his dad is, doesn't know where he was from, where he was born, then it would be like he'd fill out as much as he knew and then he'd go sit down and then you'd just be like, hey, oh yeah, I just don't know the answer to that question. I never knew my dad, right? It would be like a nothing. But there's something in his internal space that has to do never having known his dad. And so the things that happen in our life that we cannot see can be like um, a feeling that comes up. It can be like in that situation when I was in the story I just told you about, it can be like an intuition we feel, dreams we have, or ideas we have, or memories that come up. Like memories, that's inside of you. Yeah, maybe it happened on the outside at one point. But when you see it again, that's in your internal space, right? All your thoughts that you have are happening in your internal space. Your ideas happen in your internal space. Your faith or like connection to God, if that's something you believe in or connect to, is your internal space. That internal compass, like uh, what feels like the right thing to do, like that's internal. You can't see the right thing to do. Yeah, you could like really strongly believe in it and argue towards it, but it's not visible. So it's just... A whole lot of things. Your reactions are happening in your internal space. But at the end of the day, it's simple. It's the things that happen in your life that you can't see. You can't see any of those things, but it is happening in your life. It's real. So why is this relevant? Like, why even bother talking about internal space? Why even bother talking about the things in our life that we cannot see? Um, so that makes me think of this Oprah I saw back and I was in law school, so I think it was been 20... 2006 maybe um and it was one of those Oprah's where they're like where are they now you know and I watched Oprah probably twice a week three times a week and I usually skipped like the where are we now because I, I hadn't been watching that that long so I didn't know where they were then like I didn't follow the show enough to have known who Marie in Iowa who saved elephants you know as her passion because all those <laughs> elephants roaming the plains of Iowa but you know I just didn't know these people but I happened to be watching this show because I think at the time if I remember correctly I was uh just 
through with um, that semester of school. So I didn't have anything to do. I, did, I was done with my exams and hadn't left town yet to go home. I was living in Austin, Texas. And so sitting in my apartment watching Oprah, where are they now? And the first person they have is this woman who was a hoarder. And she was someone that they brought a specialist into her home, did a very emotional, um, intense cleaning out of her home and had a family member. She, I believe, was living by herself and had a, a daughter that um, I reached out to the show and worked with the specialist and the, the camera crew to clean everything out, organize everything. So this woman was back on the show and they, Oprah's team had gone back to her house. And of course, like all the same things, all the same habits that had created her like mountains of, I mean, I think she had like a giant um, issue with animal feces in the house. Cause she was, she like loved animals, but she let wild animals like raccoons and squirrels and rat and rabbits and birds into the house as well as like all of her cats and all of her dogs and, and like didn't clean up after them. So there was like a giant, uh, very, very toxic feces issue. And, of course, she, like, you know, collected all the newspapers, and she had a really um, big issue throwing away her um, to-go food, like, containers, so she'd, like, piles of those. So all the same piles of, I mean, in one instance, like, literal shit, but in another instance is, like, garbage, were returning. The same habits were returning again. And Oprah said, I remember this very clearly, said, I knew that this woman was going to start hoarding again because she never had a breakthrough when the team was working with her. And the thing that Oprah was indicating was that just what I'm saying, like her internal space was whack. So her external space was going to reflect it. And until she got her internal space aligned with what she really wanted, with who she wanted to be, with um, which until she got it kind of either cleaned out, tuned up, healed, loved, uh, that external space was going to just manifest with the same kind of garbage and junk and everything from before. And I always think about that, like how Oprah just knew. And I, I think about that because I, you know, like have spent so many years working with people with and talking to people and myself, I mean, like, you know, all of us are kind of in the same boat here, but like who, who have, it's always an external space problem. Like my body is too fat or, um, I really struggle with money or I'm so unhappy with my job. Like it's an external situational thing that's really, really bothering them. And just like the lady who was hoarding the stuff and cleaned it out and just kept doing it again, it was like, yeah, we can, I mean, I can tell you exactly what to do to lose weight, but you're just going to gain it again if your internal space is not rectified or healed or embraced or the thing, the, the place that needs exploring needs to be explored internally before the external can change. So like, that's why it's relevant, right? Like we keep making the same mistakes. We can't figure out why we don't have what we want. We, um, feel like we're uh, kind of on a merry-go-round never getting anywhere when we have not become explorers, great explorers of our internal space. So I feel like the next steps here are like um, for another day, but I want to look at the differences between like our outer space, our external space, and our internal space 
and why our internal space is actually even more important than our external space for feeling fulfilled, happy, successful. How much internal space is there exactly? Like what does it even look like in there? And like, what does it look like when we aren't actually embracing our internal space? And like, why don't we go exploring an internal space? Like there's just so many cool nuances to kind of fortify like so many, um, so many ideas to embrace to begin to actually step into the internal space because like I said like if we want things we want to go places we want to make an impact in the world we want to feel good doing it the internal space um, can absolutely keep us from doing those things or it can be the vehicle that gets us there it's like our choice which one do we want I choose vehicle let's get in let's ride <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> but that's enough for today I feel like um until next time, sending love. Bye-bye.